G'day, welcome along to another sermon from Good News Christian Church in Howrah, Tasmania, Australia. I'm Bernard Kane, I'm the pastor. Get in touch sometime at goodnewschristianchurch.org or why not come by one Sunday morning. For now, here's the sermon. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I am smiling under this mask and hopefully you are too. Can't tell, but uh, it's nice to be here. And uh, yeah, welcome from Bay Christian Church. Uh, I've been there the last couple of years and it's been yeah, a real privilege to, to serve there. A uh, prayer point for us would be, uh, we've just started a youth group last year and it's very small, it's very uh, new and uh, we'd love you to pray that that would kind of grow this year and be a great thing for our community. Uh, and we're certainly praying for you guys, we're aware that you know you need to find a new pastor and uh, that's a big process and so you guys are definitely in our prayers at bay. Uh, and yeah, it's my privilege today to be able to uh, bring to us God's word from 1 Thessalonians and before that I'd love to, to pray, let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, your word is so rich, it's so uh, beautiful, it's, it's also shocking at times. Uh, it warns us uh, and it encourages us all at once. And I pray that today you'd, you'd be able to speak to us wherever we're at, whatever uh, our lives are look, looking like right this minute. Uh, please speak to our hearts and our minds. Please move us, help us uh, lift our eyes to the future of your glorious return. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, we've got uh, some slides and hopefully, let's just test, yeah, this thing works, so I'll, I'll run the slides as I go, cool. So, uh, over the course of history, there's there's been many people, haven't there, who have sort of claimed to know the exact date that Jesus is going to return. And on Wikipedia, there's actually a page that documents all these different sort of end time predictions that people have made. There's over 200 of them and some are sort of more famous than others. Uh, for example, there was a guy called Edgar C. Wisenant, and he predicted that Jesus would definitely return on September the 11th or September the 13th, 1988. And he wrote a book, you can see it there, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture, that's Jesus' Return, will be in 1988. Now, the book was a hit. He, he sold over four and a half million copies, uh, but then September 13 came and went, uh, and then it didn't seem to happen, and so he revised the date. He, he, he said October the 3rd, and then this proved to not be true again, and he kept persisting. Uh, he kept following it up with more dates, uh, 89, 93, 94, 97. He wrote more books. Uh, these didn't sell in such quantities, unsurprisingly. Uh, and so his prediction wasn't right. Uh, and then 2011, a guy called Harold Camping, uh, he was a famous Christian radio host in America, uh, he claimed beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus would return uh, 21st of May 2011. And, and he said it was going to start with a massive earthquake. Uh, you can see a, a billboard there uh, showing you know, and this attention that it all got. Uh, on top of these kind of predicted dates that have come and gone, hundreds of them have been, uh, there's also plenty of dates in the future where people say, no, Jesus is going to return on this specific date. Uh, some people, I think, more wisely go for dates sort of 3,000 years in advance. We'll never be able to see whether they're right or not. Now, all these kind of attempts to sort of answer the question of when will Jesus return, you know, using sort of hard dates, hard times, they seem quite astounding, don't they, given what we just read from 1 Thessalonians? And also given what, what Jesus himself has said about his return. 
Uh, we're going to look at this passage from 1 Thessalonians. We're going to think about, you know, what, what's going to happen when Jesus returns? When is that going to be? What do we know about it? Uh, and we're going to see it's not going to be with a fixed date or time. We can't write a book about it and predict the date. But there are things that we can see about Jesus' return. There are things that we can be certain about. So let, let's look at it together. Uh, and first we're going to see that Jesus' return will be unexpected and unavoidable. Uh, let, let's reread verse 1. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates, we do not need to write to you, i.e., don't worry about the times and dates. Verse 2, For you know very well the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. You know, what Paul says here echoes, doesn't it, what Jesus said, Matthew 24, about the day or the hour, everyone knows? No, no one knows, only uh, the Father. You know, and Paul gives us uh, two really vivid pictures here, doesn't he, of what the reality of Jesus' return is like. Uh, the first picture shows that Jesus' return will be unexpected. Now, he says that day will come like a thief in the night. Now, a house that, that my family, we, we used to live in, we were actually robbed once in, in Kingston. It's on the dark western shore over there. Uh, and uh, we were robbed in the middle of the night. The, the thief came through the back door, uh, walked in past our sleeping children, walked all the way to the kitchen, and he or she took our mobile phones and our wallets and then walked out. And I can tell you that that thief hadn't called ahead to make an appointment. Uh, we didn't have that date marked in our calendars as the day they were going to arrive. It came as a total surprise. It was completely unpredictable. And so it is with Jesus' return. Now, Jesus' return is not a date you can kind of know in advance and then sort of prepare with just enough time to go. No, it comes without warning. You know, for a number of years I had a, a bronze, uh, bronze medallion lifeguard qualification, you know, where you can be a lifeguard at school camps and things. And in order to keep my bronze medallion uh, certificate sort of thing, I had to do a test each year called the Run, Swim, Run, and I, and I did it every year in November. I had to uh, run for 400 metres up the beach, then swim out past a boy for 800 metres, and then run again for another 400 metres. That all had to happen within a certain time limit. What it meant, though, was because it was November each year, what it meant was all year I'd be pretty kind of lax about the whole thing and then suddenly in October-ish I'd start to go, well, wait a minute, I better get ready, I better start training. Uh, but that was stupid, wasn't it? Because the, the point of me having a bronze medallion was so that at any moment I'd be able to save someone, not just a couple of years in November. And likewise, we can't treat Jesus' return in the same way. It's, it, it's not a date that you kind of prepare for when the time gets closer. No, there won't be advance warning. It will be unexpected. We must be ready all the time. Now, we can't sort of think things like, oh, you know, I'll commit to Jesus when I'm a little bit older. Or once I've done X, Y and Z, then I'll really be serious about following him. No, you need to be ready right now, don't you? And, and the second image really presses this home. You know, it shows that not only will it be unexpected, but Jesus' return will be unavoidable. Uh, what's the second image? The second image is that Jesus' return will come inescapably as pregnant pains to a, uh, sorry, birth pains to a pregnant woman. 
And this is a timeless illustration, I think, isn't it? Because even with all the sort of advances we've got with modern medicine, you know, ultrasounds and the like, we still can't tell exactly when the baby's going to come. It's still kind of unpredictable in that way, isn't it? And it's still definitely unavoidable. You know, you can't say, a, a pregnant woman can't say, um, you know, can we stop the birth now, mid-labour? She can't say that, can she? She can't say, oh, I've got a haircut book for this afternoon, can we just move it to tomorrow? No. Once the birth starts, it's unavoidable. You have to go through with it. There's no stopping the birth of a child, whether you like it or not, and whether you're prepared or not. And so in that way, the, the labour illustration is helpful, isn't it, But when we think about Jesus' return? Uh, because the labour illustration, we know that even though it's unexpected, it's unavoidable, it's still something you, you know is going to come at some point, don't you? You know, the, the parents still are prepared for it. They know it's coming. They, they know they have to get ready. You know, they, they get the baby capsule ready, say, for the car. Oh, they, they paint the room. They buy the nappies. They, they choose the name. Uh, if there's younger siblings, they, they arrange that someone's ready to take care of those kids at a drop of a hat when mum goes into labour. Uh, they can be prepared. You know, labour is going to come at a time that's unexpected, but you can be prepared. Even, you know, it's unavoidable, but you can prepare for it. And so Jesus' return, can you see, that it will be marked by a bunch of people who are ready and a bunch of people who aren't prepared. Uh, and the ones who aren't prepared, verse 3 says, destruction will come on them suddenly. Despite them thinking everything's kind of rosy, peace and safety, they say, they won't escape. And so, given this, that the next thing we really want to think about then is, well, what does it mean to be ready? If Jesus' return is going to be unexpected, unavoidable, well, how can we actually be ready for it then? Well, for starters, it doesn't mean trying to sit around, you know, sitting around trying to guess the date. No, what it does mean is being uh, awake and alert. Let's keep reading. Verse 4, what does it say? Uh, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. And so Paul describes how to be ready for Jesus' return by actually giving four sets of opposites. Uh, they contrast, don't they? That we, He contrasts day versus night. Uh, light versus darkness, being uh, awake versus being asleep, being sober versus being drunk. And he gives the sense that you either belong to one side of the opposites or the other. Uh, there's going to be one side who's going to actually be really surprised. They're going to be not be ready when Jesus returns. And what are they categorised by? Uh, darkness, sleep, drunkenness, that sort of thing. And then there's the other side, who, who they'll be ready, they won't be surprised. What are they characterised by? Day, light, soberness, awake. Uh, they're ready because they, uh, they belong to the day, it says. And he's saying that these people who are ready, that they're actually a, a specific group of people. Uh, the people who are ready for Jesus' returns are actually Christians, aren't they? The people he's writing to, the Christians in Thessalonica are the people that have genuine faith in Jesus. He's saying, you are part of the people who are going to be ready for this return, but there's going to be people who aren't ready. 
Uh, and there's that picture that either you're awake and alert to Jesus' return because you have faith in Jesus. Because you have faith in Jesus, you're trusting that he's going to return one day. You'll be ready because you know he's coming back. Uh, whereas if you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't have faith in him, well, you're in dark to the truth. You're, you're asleep to the fact that he's going to come back. And so can you see there's that contrast between those uh, who have faith and believe and are ready for Jesus' return and then those who aren't. Uh, and I think as well as that, that the images that Paul uses sort of enhance the picture there. Uh, they show us a bit more information of what it's like to be in either camp or the other. Um, if a thief wants to rob a house, uh, most of the time they'll do that at night, in, in the dark, while people are asleep, won't they? Uh, that, when people aren't prepared. Uh, they don't come in the broad daylight when people are awake. Or, or just think about how unprepared someone is if they're asleep or drunk compared to when they're awake and sober. Now, which person would you get to drive you to the hospital if you've just gone into labour? Would you, would you call on the, the drowsy drunk guy or the guy who's awakened with it? Uh, likewise, someone who has faith in Jesus, someone who's a follower of him, well, he, is, uh, he or she is awake, they're alert, they're ready. Uh, whereas if someone doesn't have faith in Jesus, they're, they're like the sleepy drunk guy. They're just not ready for his return. Now, another picture might help. Imagine uh, you're sitting on, on a beach somewhere tropical in, in the last week and then suddenly that tsunami siren sounds. We had that tsunami uh, occur last week. Uh, and there's often a warning sound, isn't there? There's this warning siren saying, there's a tsunami on the way, you better get off the beach. Well, the foolish thing would be to just keep lying on the beach, snoozing in the sun, saying, peace and safety, everything's all right, you know, crack another beer, that sort of thing. Uh, but that's exactly what it's like if you ignore the warning of Jesus' return. Uh, you'll be unprepared. You're ignoring the fact that we've been told Jesus will return. Uh, and you're just snoozing, you're ignoring it. And so what this all means, then, if we sort of bring it together a little bit at this point, uh, what's the sort of takeaway for us? Well, I'm going to give some things that, that aren't the takeaway first. One of the things that is not a takeaway is that we have to sort of stay awake all the time. You know, we don't have to be hooked up to an intravenous drip of Red Bull. No, that's not a takeaway. Uh, the takeaway is also not that we can never have an alcoholic drink ever. Uh, you know, other parts of the Bible certainly stress don't get drunk, but the, the takeaway is not never have alcohol. Uh, the takeaway is not that we need to get an electrician around to install as many bright lights as possible so it's always light around us. No, that's not the takeaway. Now, the takeaway is that we need to have faith in Jesus. We need to have our eyes on him. Uh, it means we're not to ignore Jesus. Uh, it means uh, the takeaway is to remember that you need him and that he will return and he's going to judge the world. Uh, to be awake and alert means you're going to live a life of faith following him. And it's important for us to realise that this, this life of faith following him, waiting for his return, is going to be more like a marathon than a sprint. Uh, we're going to have to pace ourselves. You know, we're going to have to sort of sell everything and, and evangelise everyone at once, but we do have to move in faith towards him. Uh, you have to move towards Jesus. You can't sit around saying, oh yeah, one day I'll move towards Jesus. Now, being a Christian means you progress towards Christ. It's the decisions you make every day in following him. Now, being awake and alert is also going to involve warning the lost, aren't they? 
warning those still in the dark, those lying on the beach, so to speak, ignoring the warning. And so people are in your life only for a short amount of time. Warn them, tell them Jesus is going to return. Uh, to be ready for Jesus' return is living a life that, that's awake and alert to spiritual realities. It's a life shaped by that knowledge. Uh, the famous German reformer Martin Luther said once that he actually only has two days in his calendar. Uh, this day and that day. He's got, got two days in his calendar. This day and that day. That day being the day of Jesus' return. And so he asks himself every day, you know, what am I going to do this day that's going to be shaped and me getting ready for that day? How's what I'm going to be doing on this day going to be shaped by that day? And so what all this leads us to is our third point. We've seen Jesus' return. It's going to be unexpected. It's going to be unavoidable. We have to be awake and alert. Thanks for that. Uh, but, but finally, we need to think about what do, we, what do we need to do now? What do we need to do right now while we wait? How, and we're going to be thinking about being dressed and delivered. Uh, and we see this when we continue verse 8. Paul says, But since we belong to the day, i.e. since we have faith in Jesus, let us be sober, uh, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. You see, because we want each of our days now to be shaped by that day, Jesus' return, what it means is that each day we need to actually dress ourselves appropriately. Now, just like if I'm doing my bronze medallion swim, I don't turn up you know, wearing a formal suit and tie and dress pants. No, I wear a wetsuit or bathers. Or just like if I'm going on a bushwalk, I don't wear Ugg boots. Likewise, Paul says, if you're a child of the light, if you're prepared for Jesus' return, well, there's actually things that you're going to be wearing while you wait, uh, while you live for him. You're going to clothe yourself with stuff that helps you stay ready. What does he say we're to put on? We're to put on faith. I've already seen faith is what means you'll be ready to face the last day. And so each day you'll be urgent about putting on things that, that spur on your faith, uh, that help you in your faith, that, grow, that grows your faith. But we know, don't we, that there's habits that will help us grow in faith and, 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 and build our faith. And we also know there's habits that are great having the opposite effect. And so each day put on faith, put on stuff that will grow your faith. Uh, we're to put on love each day, you know, be urgent, be intentional about showing love to other people, including uh, warning them about Jesus' return. Uh, we're to put on hope of our, our salvation. That is, let's be urgent in reminding ourselves about the hope we have, the hope of being saved through Jesus, the hope of, of his glorious return. Let that hope be something we put on every day. Let it be prominent, lot like a helmet on our head. Uh, let's keep reminding ourselves that that, 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 that what our hope is in is not things like our looks or our lifestyle or, or whether or not we're loaded. No, our hope is in Jesus, in his death for us, his return. So can you see, if, you, if you're dressed in these things, if you put on faith, hope and love each day, it, it'll help you be awake and alert. It'll help you be sober-minded. Uh, we'll be dressed and ready for Jesus' return. But what's crucial as we do this is we also need to view ourselves appropriately. We need to view ourselves as delivered. Look at verse 9 there. It says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. 
And so as Christians, while we wait for Jesus' return, it's crucial that we actually recognise who we are. Now, we all deserve God's wrath, but we've been appointed to receive salvation. We've been delivered through Jesus' death on the cross. Because uh, of his death, we now have eternal life with him. And this view of us as, as already delivered people means we don't have to kind of fear Jesus returning. We don't need to stress about, you know, what if Jesus returns and I'm in the middle of some sin at that point? What if I've just yelled at my kids? What if I'm having an off week? What if I've forgotten to put on love that morning? We don't need to stress about that because we're already delivered people. We don't need to fear missing the mark because our deliverance has got nothing to do with our performance. As it says, we receive salvation through Jesus. His death is the reason we'll live forever with him in glory. Uh, We put on faith, hope and love each day, not in order to be saved, but because we are delivered people. We're delivered already and now we're dressed and we're ready for our Saviour to return. Friends, we can face our death. We can face his return with such confidence because we are confident in what he has achieved for us. And so to wrap things up then, rather than sort of doing what we saw at the start with with all these people going to all this effort to try and predict the date and the time that that Jesus will come back, you know, Jesus will return on, Jesus will return on, Jesus, you know, continually revising the date. Why don't we just drop the last word on? Why don't we just keep reminding ourselves of the thing that we know for sure, Jesus will return. Let's remind each other this year, you know, that that return is going to be unexpected, it's going to be unavoidable. Uh, Let's remind each other this year, we need to be awake, we need to be alert. Let's remind each other, keep being dressed each day, ready for Jesus' return, because it could be today. Uh, Let's keep putting on faith, love and hope each day. As verse 11 says, encourage one another, build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. And that's because I think one of the the great things that God actually gives us uh, while we wait for his return is each other. Yeah, we can remind each other that glorious future is coming. We can encourage each other, keep going, even though Jesus' return feels like it's a million miles away, it could come. Uh, we can rejoice in each other to know we are already delivered. We don't have to fear his return. Now, apparently, the early Christians who lived under Roman rule, they used to greet each other with a word, uh, Maranatha. And Maranatha just means the Lord is coming or come, O Lord. So, Rather than say hello, they'd roll up to each other and say, Maranatha, you know, the Lord is coming. Uh, And it's a word that would fit all occasions. If they were discouraged, Maranatha, the Lord's coming. If they were worried, if they were kind of facing pain, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. If they were joyful, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Now, unfortunately, the word Maranatha for me reminds me of an 80s sort of songbook. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it my, my new greeting but I have been encouraged that the phrase Jesus will return is a phrase that I can use this year. It's a phrase that that should be part of my vocabulary, both to to Christians and non-Christians. Now, I want to slip it in this week and this year. I've got a mate who's really struggling. Hey, mate, Jesus will return. If I've got a sister who who just needs to be spurred on, she, she, she seems to ground to a stop. Hey, sister, Jesus will return. If I've got a non-Christian mate who just ignores Jesus, ignores God, just, just, just does, doesn't want to know about it, hey, mate, Jesus will return. 
Now, let, let's keep reminding each other this week and every week, Jesus will return. Let's remind each other that we should live this day and every day in light of that glorious day. Uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, there's so much we want to know about Jesus' return. Uh, part of us wants to know the exact time and date so we can kind of get ready for it, but, but you haven't given us that, but you have told us that he definitely will return and, and that return will be a glorious day. Uh, help us be prepared for that. Help us keep on putting on faith, hope and love each day. Uh, help us be warning other people that this return is going to happen. Uh, help us be encouraging others and, and, and helping each other be spurred on because we know that that return of Jesus will be a day like no other. It will be a day where uh, we will just be spellbound by him returning, uh, righting all the wrongs uh, and bringing us with him into glory. Uh, help us be ready for that day, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.